This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangarang people. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and that modern Australia has never come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following European arrival. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart to prove There's better ways to push and pull Hey, whatever gets you through these days Hello and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 150 for Friday, 6th of May, 2022. I'm Jeremy Siapioko, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is returning guest host, Denise Siapioko. Welcome back. Hello. So, Denise, the, the word of the day in relation to this upcoming election is the terrifying chaos of a hung parliament. <laughs> we are living in a seat with one of those diabolical independents. That's true. Not, not, not a teal independent, though. We have an orange independent. Yes. I mean, a teal and orange, are they the like opposites on the colour wheel or something? But I think they're, so. They're supposedly... <laughs> they're, they're, it's apparently associated or something. But uh, as I understand it, the pitch is that if you vote for an independent uh, and you have an independent member there, then uh, there'll be chaos and the government won't be able to function because instead of it just being able to ram through shitty legislation that Scott Morrison likes, they'll have to negotiate legislation with a crossbench. Absolutely. Or with someone like, I think it holds true for the Greens as well. If you have the audacity to vote for the Greens and they get seats, and then nothing will get done. And the the whole country will dissolve into chaos and we will suddenly go back to Australopithecine times where we're just trying to figure out fire. Which is why, of course, under Scott Morrison, they've been able to, they've, they've had all their legislation they've tried to shove through and then had to withdraw or abandon. Mm. Uh, whereas under Gillard, I think all, all but one bill managed to get negotiated, that was put to the parliament, was negotiated through and passed. Yeah. Under that, under that hung parliament. It's almost, it's almost like uh, actually forcing the government to work with the parliament results in better legislation that is more that, representative and can, even mm, rather than the government just going screw you all we'll put this up and then having to have its own backbenchers cross the floor to try and ameliorate it and be in some way electable afterwards absolutely absolutely and i think if you look at us where we used to live in melbourne we uh, had the joy of living in michael Sucre's electorate who neither of us voted for and a good portion of people who lived in the electorate didn't vote for but he represented us and him being forced to work you know the idea that someone like him who gets in who doesn't actually have the majority of the the first preference vote being forced to work with other people to maybe compromise and take on some of their ideas could actually make him more reflective of a person of course not Michael Sucre. Well, not Michael Sucre, but you Directly, because he will never become more reflective of a person. I'm sure everybody who's listening to this has heard me make the point before that the parliament that we have, no party gets a majority of the vote. No party gets... No party has more than 51% of the population vote for them. Mm-hmm. And yet we have a system, because of the single-member electorates, where we manufacture a majority for parties, or we have historically, and almost all the time, except for on the occasion like in, in uh, under Gillard when we had that minority government. But generally... The dodgy electoral system manufactures a majority for these parties, which yeah. they can then abuse, 
even though they don't represent a majority of Australian voters. Well, more than half of Australians are represented by a candidate that they didn't vote for, so yeah. they're not really represented in Parliament. So, look, at least, at least under a minority government, more views than just the people who've managed to have their vote concentrated in the best way will have to be negotiated with them. and and that's not a bad thing like in some on some issues it'll go they'll be negotiating with one you know yeah. which party is the ends up forming the minority government they're not always going to be negotiating with the same same either which means you they've just got to they've got to present better legislation yep and better legislation would consider more people and the impacts to more people not that not that we actually do need to change anything because as i understand it you know, when people are like, oh, cost of living is pretty out of control, inflation's 5.1%, infl- interest rates are now going up to deal with that, although, but that's just because the economy's so strong. Yes. And, you know, when you're struggling with your wages that are falling behind in real terms, that's because the economy's so strong. As I understand it, all of us who think that the, that, that, who seem to recall and be experiencing economic hardship, we're just imagining it. Well, obviously, you it couldn't be anything else because the government is telling us that the economy is strong. Everything's fine. It's all great. COVID was so last year, and we've just bounced back and and can go for it. Oh yeah, yeah. the people who uh, was it twelve people died in Victoria from COVID, and I don't know the national figures, but no, no, COVID's done. Yeah, the economy's strong. Uh, shut up, remembering stuff. Yes, climate change is simultaneously dealt with, but also not a problem. So exactly. Don't, well, it's twenty five years away. Oh yes. So we had we had our local uh, candidate here. Uh, the local member here is, is Helen Haynes, and they had their their debate, the candidates' debate, which was hosted by was hosted by Joel Hildebrand, yeah, wasn't it? On yeah. News.com.au. And and it was a, it was a wide ranging debate. It covered, so you know, obviously we've got there's ten people running in our electorate. Yeah. Ranging from the far right to the far right to the far right to the far right. To the Greens, to Helen Haynes, to Labor and the Liberals. Yes. Which is also the far right. But yeah. There's actually, compared to like One Nation and, the, and Clive Palmer's uh, grifter party, the Libs are almost almost moderate. But they're not. But yeah. they're Oh, which reminds me, before we get off hung parliaments and voting for independence, we'd have to talk about this threat that the government says, look, if, you, if you're a progressive Liberal voter, if you're a moderate Liberal voter, if you vote for the Teal independence then you're replacing the moderates. So then the Liberal Party will just lunge to the right because the only people left in the Liberal Party will be the really right-wingers. To which you can only say, no, if the Liberal Party loses seats to more progressive, moderate independents in those seats, they will have to be more progressive to win or give up on those seats completely. Well, you would think that Labour would have taken that approach with, you know, the Greens, but they haven't. <laughs> so maybe it doesn't actually work well, that no, way. Well, Labour runs that argument too. They say, if you vote for a Green in a, against, like, Jed Kearney or somebody, a supposedly lefty Labour person, you're just leaving making the Labour Party more more right-wing. And you're like, well, no. Could the Labour Party be more right-wing if they Don't tried right them. now? Don't challenge them. It's oh, just like gosh. walking into a room and being like, well, I think we got away, or nothing can possibly go wrong now. <laughs> when you work in retail, the uh, joke is always that, wow, it's really quiet today. You never say the Q word because it's just, yeah. Um, so, but the, the, again, the same retort is to Labour. If you're losing seats to the Greens, then you either give up on those and the Greens are there permanently, or you have to moderate the rest of you because the bottom line is the the supposedly moderate liberals and the supposedly left-wing labor people are being overridden by the right in both of their parties yes that's the reason why their voters are looking at alternatives outside those parties absolutely it is and when you're looking at policies for example labor getting more and more conservative you know i moved to australia 19 years ago and to watch where that party has gone from when i moved here to now is 
is wild, even from the last election to, to this election, you know, some of the things they were promising, like paying super, the government paying super on parental leave so, you know, women wouldn't get as behind and, you Wind, know. Winding back the today, uh, flanking credits rort that's yeah, exactly. just used by rich people. Today, Albu literally said, oh, we, we can't commit to everything we committed to last election. We put out our policies and that's not one of them. Well, at the start, um, of, the start of the campaign, Albu was out there on the front page of the Daily Telegraph. So people were like, see, this balance, you know, the Daily Telegraph's happy to promote Labour as well as the Liberals sometimes. Does this mean that they're trying to have it each way and they think Labour might win? No, all it means is they are happy to have Albo on the front page saying, Albo vo- vows to swerve away from the left. I am not woke. And they have a question thing where you know, Albo declares that trans men are not real with the, you know, the, the uh, can men be pregnant? Uh, yes, they can. Trans men can be pregnant. Yes. Albo's like, no. Anyway, so the conservative papers are more than happy to have the most left of the big parties mm. rule out dealing with the left. Big corporate right-wing conservative media owners love having the left ruled out and also if implicitly demonised by yes. the by the ALP. They're like, Albo's saying, I am not woke. He's like, no, no, I'm not. I, I know it would be bad. That sounds like a gross thing, but I'm not that gross. I'm not a gross lefty. Look, here's a puppy. I'm going to kick it for you. Yeah. No, 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 no. The left is disgusting. I agree with you. It's disgusting. I, ew, I'm not like a lefty. <laughs> like, yeah, that totally hurts the left. That, that... And so, of course, right-wing papers are more than happy to promote that, even if the follow-up to that, of course, is, nah, he's not really... He, you know, he says he's not woke, but he's really a bit too woke. Like, it's the whole thing with when Labor gives up on refugees and goes, yeah, no, no, we agree, refugees coming on boats, or no, we can't we can't let refugees get on planes, we can't do anything humane to them. No, no, we've got to drag them back to sea, and all the, and we, the Liberals are right, and those filthy greenies and, and refugee af- activists uh, don't know what they're talking about. Does that help Labor? No, it just says the Liberals were right, and anybody who's who, who agrees with that, why would you vote Labor? Labor is like because they, they can always find something where they're slightly more extreme than Labor. Absolutely, and and, and, and Labor's already conceded the argument. Every time you concede the argument to the to the right, you don't see that. You don't see Scummo doing that. Scummo's no, not absolutely like absolutely not. Scummo's not like oh, we're not like those disgusting fringe loonies in the United Australia Party or the One Nation. They never bash their far right parties because they're no. happy to leaving them there to farm votes back to them. And they recognise that attacking parties for being too right establishes the idea that being right-wing is bad. It's somehow bad, exactly. And this idea that uh, fighting for social justice is bad, that this idea that fighting for equality and kindness in our society is bad. Like, how did we get to this point where we embedded this? Well, with universally right-wing media around the entire country is how we did it. Um, Jumping back a couple of steps back to the the sort of balance that we get. So ABC is basically a beaten animal. That The idea that Scott Morrison will not do a debate on the ABC. He will only do it on Sky News and uh. Nine, chaired, chaired by you know former far-right liberal treasurer Peter Costello, who indeed wrecked housing in the first place. His housing yeah. prices have got, which Scott like, no, there's no housing crisis. And, you know, if rents are too high. Buy a house. Oh, <laughs> what a brilliant idea. If only. Here's some cake. Would you like to eat it? Yes. So the ABC's off to the side. Um, they, they, they're, they're, you can't rely on them to provide any, provide any kind of balance to the right-wing media, and the rest of the media owned by billionaires who just they, they're uninterested in action on climate change because you know they'll buy their way out of the disaster they think, and they most importantly want to make sure that there's no progressive taxation system that pubs, pu- funds public services, and and most importantly because of course Labor was made made to rule this out at the very beginning. There's no death tax. There will be no inheritance tax. Don't worry, very rich people. There will be nothing to rein in your ability to pass on your vast privilege and wealth to your, you know, to the next... To the next chosen person that you want to pass it on to and not allow it to, you know, benefit the community more widely as a whole. 
It, it really is one of those things. Like, it, every election campaign, it's the first thing that they make. All the parties rule out. Because if you don't rule it out, we will be beating you and saying you're having a, bringing a death tax. We call it a death tax. Death tax. Sounds terrible. You're going you're gonna to hurt people when they're, when they're dying. Yeah. Sounds God, terrible. they pay taxes their whole oh, life. You're oh. going to make them pay them again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how you're making people who are dead pay taxes. It's almost like the tax is actually being paid on the transfer to a person who didn't earn the money. And it's in, of all forms of taxation, it's the one that has the least negative uh, things. Like you could, you can argue that taxing people for their their income, assuming that that income equaled merit and, and, and work, which it, of course it doesn't. People work, there are people on very low incomes working much harder than people on much higher incomes. But say, say that you accepted the premise that people who earn more work harder or whatever... The argument is, oh, well, if you make people pay more tax, then it's a disincentive to, to work. Okay, there's flaws with that argument, but at least there's Huge some flaws. sense that. But at least, at least it makes some kind of sense, the idea that people might go, oh, well, I won't work so hard if I've got to pay it in tax. You know, assuming that people who are, people are generally dickheads. But the inheritance thing, like, it's not like somebody's going to go, oh, well, if I have to pay tax on that free money that I didn't earn that, my, that I'm inheriting, oh, I guess I just won't take it. Like, that's... Yeah. What, what, what's the... But be, because if people think it's their birthright, they think that it is it belongs to them, it's owed to them, and therefore they shouldn't have to pay tax on it. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, obviously it's one of the things that gets ruled out immediately at the start of every election campaign because that is a thing that the people who own the newspapers are very concerned to make mm. sure never has any progress on. Um, but yeah, but the, the Helen Haynes debate, I, just as a demonstration of, of just the kind of... It's astonishing that we that, that that we haven't just ruled out Labor completely. That there's any any prospect of having any kind of change, given given the way this is framed and the way that the media covered this, the, the debate, this debate. So it had a wide range of candidates it from Indi in it. It had the local member who's yep. an independent, and then to balance her, it had from the ten other candidates, it had two from the coalition. Yeah, well, obviously you would have the Liberal candidate and then the Nationals candidate and then the Labor candidate, right? No, no, the Labor candidate did get more votes last time than the Nationals candidate, but they weren't invited. Okay. Because, let alone the Greens or anything. Yeah, no. That, that's weird. It, it, well, if, if, you were, if you were thinking it was going to be about informing the electorate and so forth, yeah, sure. But if, you, if it's just a way of beating up on the... Because well, they, they were given the same amount of time each, as in so each of the two from the coalition parties got the same amount of time as the one independent, so twice yeah. as much time. yeah. Interesting that. Anyway, but they had important points to make. So the the Nationals candidate was telling us how much uh, they support, uh, how, how concerned they are about you know mobile and and uh, internet problems in the in the regions. Yeah. Connectivity we've been working on. It was the coalition came into government in 2013. We introduced the mobile black spot funding program. Uh, as, yeah. as the party that voted with the, the Libs to destroy the NBN. Yes. And also that uh, climate change is is not an urgent issue at all because uh, 2050 is more than 25 years away. Exactly. Climate change is not an emergency. You know, net, net zero 2050 is over 25 years away. It's over a quarter of a century away. We've got investment in technology, technology, not taxes. And don't you know that the coalition has a plan that technology will get invented by someone that will fix it between now and then? I love the rationale. Like, the only people talking about 2050 are the coalition... Everyone else is like, this, this is the cuts that are needed by 2030. But to have someone from the coalition be like, that thing that we're saying doesn't have to happen for a very long time away, look, the problem doesn't have to be dealt with for a very long time. That, that's the most circular self... It's, it was amazing. It was, it was quite spectacular. Anyway, meanwhile, we've had uh, Albo give up the campaign on the, you know, on the very first day when he didn't remember uh, the supposed unemployment rate. That was a massive gap. Much, much worse... 
not not knowing a specific arbitrary figure that you'd be able to refer to when you were doing um, if you were doing, announcing policy in relation to it. But no, he didn't have that one, uh, and that one's very revealing because most of us do, in fact, know the current government uh, unemployment number, as opposed to say Scummo not knowing the price of bread or milk, which yeah, you know, that, you know, that doesn't mean that he doesn't understand what people are actually going through. You know, when he halves social security to half the poverty line, no, no. Why, why would we expect him to know what basic items that, that an ordinary person the would have? The staples that you would need to buy to just survive. And I understand. I mean, it's not like we're surprised that he doesn't know it. It's just that it confirms that he's out of touch in what he would call a Canberra bubble. The bubble? Bubble. Because he doesn't... Not only does he not need to because he's the Prime Minister and he has people who do it for him, but he's not even curious enough when he's whacking the poor by things like halving Social Security to think about it for more than five minutes. Like, what do things cost? How... He doesn't care. No. That, that one means he doesn't care. Albo not knowing the arbitrary unemployment number, which moves all around the place and he's not... I, I, don't, I don't care that he doesn't know that. I, I care about what policy he does about it, but it's not like... Anyway, he, he apparently didn't know his, his six-point NDIS plan today as well, so there's another another blunder. Another gaff. Yeah. Everything seems to be many-point plans, though, because I was looking through like, the Guardian <laughs> Six is today. too many. Well, Your plan can't be six points. That is- there's, there's like a four-point plan to increase our economic <coughs> strength in the region. They have a five-point plan for aged care. Like, do, do they have a three-point plan, a two-point plan, a one-point plan, a seven-point plan? Four. Is, it- Four is the maximum number of points you can have in your plan if you want anybody to take any notice of it. But is it are they or if you have- want to remember it. It's too many points. Are they just going to have like a plan for each number? This is our two-point plan for this. This is our three-point plan for that. This no, is our four-point plan for this. They should all be four-point plans. I mean, you know, Abbott had his, his three-letter acronyms. You should have your three-point plans. Also, the six points weren't even clear and, dis- and discreet ones. They were like, the first point was like, what, fix the fix the NDIS. It's like, that's not yes. a point. That's like an overall thing. Like, anyway. Anyway, it's half it's half hearted labour background preparation, but the bottom line is it doesn't to doesn't matter. To defend and fix the NDIS. Well, I mean, defend and fix. I mean, is that really just one point or is it two points? That's yeah, just, it's not a point at all. It's the overall thing that you're planning on. Do- anyway, I, look, it's just more evidence of why we shouldn't have a majority because Scummo gets things. Scummo doesn't didn't know what the he was like twenty thousand out on what the what the median wage is. Yeah, which again very revealing. Yes, um, as far as Scummo is concerned, what isn't everybody rich? Oh, but, I mean, there are probably some pools out there, but I don't have to worry about that. His newsing, though, has seemed to be like the magic pen or the magic wand, because a couple of days ago he said that uh, Albo doesn't have a magic wand to uh, fix wages, and today he said he doesn't have a magic pen to fix wages or to fix people's salaries, and it's just like, is, is anything that you don't do or that your government doesn't do just now in the realm of, like, fairies? Yes, yes, no, no, his pitch is, if, interest, if, if, something, if there's something you like... That was me. So yeah. uh, th- 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 there was the gather- th- sorry gaslighting. This is why I, I started this talking about the gaslighting election. Then I forgot what my what the other gaslighting things were because I can't keep them in my head. They, people keep turning on and off gaslights all around me, and I just get very confused. I don't know what's going. I don't know what's coming and going. I don't know. I, I, I barely have any connection with reality anymore. Like like Scummer would like me to be because see my pri- previously I thought I thought that people around us were struggling with cost of living and that even I've, I've got a vague memory the government even conceded that that was a problem i, I thought that i said that the uh, inflation rate was one five point one percent i i thought that it, uh we'd seen that housing affordability was out anyway according to scummo no actually it's a very strong economy and everything's everything's, everything's fine everything's Speechy great keen. um the other one that the other gaslighting thing was uh scummo was the person who saved saved all of those people's lives during the pandemic now i'm oh I, of course because he's the one who was uh getting us all those ventilators from overseas and he's the one that was making sure that we had all those lockdowns 
See, I've got a vague memory, and, and, and I must be hallucinating it because I seem to recall that Scummo refused to run quarantine, even though it was a, fed, a, a Commonwealth responsibility under the Constitution. I guess literally quarantine is a federal government power, and he refused to do quarantine and left it up to the states to do hotel quarantine, which was not fit for purpose, but it was the best that could be done, you know, because the Commonwealth doesn't have proper Commonwealth quarantine facilities. Yeah. I seem to remember them not wanting to do lockdowns. I seem to remember them screwing up the uh, vaccines. I, I seem to remember all these things, but no, apparently. Apparently, they saved us from uh, yep. so all of those lives that were saved as well as the things that Australia did differently from other countries uh, were thanks to the uh, thanks to Scott Morrison. And, and that's why COVID is so last year and completely over. Mm. So I think there's one other thing I wanted to touch on before we left it, which is the way that the coalition is trying very hard to win seats get from dickheads nationally by using some really asshole candidates like Amanda Stoker, Claire Chandler, and their candidate for the seat of Ringer against Alex Stable, who, oh, and, and, and just in terms of just dickhead behaviour. Just, just, just. Clear, clear. You saw the thing with Josh Frydenberg and and Monique Ryan's mother-in-law. Yes, I did. Yeah. Where apparently her mother-in-law said that you know I'm going to vote for you, and then Josh Frydenberg not only said that publicly in the media, but also was like, oh, and she said because you're such a great guy and you've yeah. done everything right, and, and and I really I love you and I want to come over and clean your house and <laughs> I. He won't. He won't walk back from that. He thinks it's perfectly fine. So the the libs are like really like this. There's this nasty thing they like doing of really trying to hurt the independents by by involving their family. So yeah. there's Frydenberg and, and, and Monique's mother-in-law. And in Catherine Deeves' case, her campaign is being run by the wife of Zali Stegall's ex-husband. Like the, so, what? Yeah. So, so she's got kids with this guy. He's remarried. That woman, so basically the stepmom to the kids sort of thing, is running or senior part of Catherine Deeves' campaign. Like... That's the level of, like, they just really like, I mean, can you imagine? I don't even understand. Can you imagine your oh. ex's part, new part, new wife running the campaign against you or being senior party? Like, it's just this nasty little, let's just get, let's just really dig into their little, any weaknesses in their families. Anyway, it's, or maybe it's just a wild coincidence. Anyway. Just, just a coincidence. So, Catherine Dee is running very heavily on anti-trans stuff because they think that there's a, there's a fault line in, the anti-equality people know they lost on marriage equality because Australians recognise that, Hang on, gay, lesbian people are totally the same rights as the rest of the same rights. Yes. But they think that there's enough electorates out there who still voted against that, uh, that they can still get some political capital, even if they don't actually wing, ring Ringer. But by having such a, a wild anti-trans lunatic like Catherine Deves and running her as sympathetically as they can, like, oh, she's she's a victim of, of death threats. Well, there's no evidence of any yes. of that. In the, but there may, may be because... But the it's basically, you know, let's take... You know, if you everyone says like gay and lesbian people are fine now, so let's take someone who is feared, who is marginalized, let's split that off, and let's ooh trans people. Yeah, there's a really high risk uh, for. Well, let's just find people's prejudices, and like so. I I still get the I get the emails from part of my my self flagellation is is I get the emails from dickheads like like um, the binary assholes. So binary is this is split. So again, it's like. Like all these people, they're sort of ex-liberal candidates who, who are trying to build their profile. So there's a dickhead called Curly Smith who's, who runs this anti-trans um, lobby thing off to the side, um, and they're campaigning. Anyway, they, they, they campaign. They, 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 she's got, they've got their three points of what, what, what our candidates need to understand. They need to respect parental rights in schools. Yes. Parental rights, and, and their example of this was the pushback on that Brisbane school that was telling parents that they were going that, that uh, their kids couldn't be trans and they, parents had to agree with the school. So weirdly, their example of parents' rights was the school telling the parents what they had to do. Anyway, yeah, that's not actually parents' rights, but sure. Anyway, also we need to save women's sport 
because uh, we are going to pretend that there is some threat of people who uh, who were were assigned male, assigned male at birth having uh, having a biological sort of... advantage in things where there's strength or or um, stamina that are relevant in those sports, and that therefore they'll have an advantage in those competitions. They'll rule women out of sport. Now that is bullshit. Yes, um, completely not evidence based. And 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 you can tell it's a lie. And this the thing that infuriates me is that the media never turn around and point out to anybody who's making that claim. Section I think it was forty four of the Act, the Sex mm. Discrimination Act, the thing that they they're saying they need, we need to change, already permits discrimination, and it, and it's it's actually goes further than it should. It permits discrimination on the grounds of gender where strength and stamina are relevant. So it specifically already permits that. And it doesn't have to be it permits discrimination on the grounds of strength and stamina. It's just if strength and stamina are relevant, it can then discriminate on gender, which is more than it should. Yep. Um, it should uh, look. You could make an argument that it should that, that where strength and stamina is relevant, there should in the same way as like boxing has weight classes. So far. Yes. you can you can discriminate on the grounds of those. Adding gender in there is pretty gross. But the bottom line is the thing that they're saying is a problem right now. Even if they were right, it's not not a problem right now. It's literally in the act already. Nobody ever points it is that in out. The act, yes. Which clarifies, which really calls bullshit to the whole campaign. It is bizarre to me the number of. Soft media interviews. SBS did a soft one with Catherine D. Yes, and it was horrible. Um, where they can say these things, like, oh, it's about defending women's sport, and nobody says, hang on, isn't the thing you're demanding already in the Act? When you look at the Act, the, the Save Women's Sport Bill, for the, um, I think it was Chandler, it's not Stoker, it's Chandler, who's, who's uh, her, her Save Women's Sport Bill. If you look at that, nothing to do with sport. What it actually is about is redefining men and women in the Act to attack trans people generally. Yes. Sport is their excuse but it's a bullshit excuse that should immediately be called out anytime anyone talks to any of these liars by simply citing the act as it is at the moment. It already does the thing they demand it do. So it's really obvious. Anyway, it's a, so obviously they're relying heavily on that kind of prejudice. And look, it will work on certain dickheads. Probably won't win, win, win Warringah, but it gives them grounds to, to just pander to people's prejudices. Like the, the one that, that, that Curly Smith sent out this morning is like, you're going to have men at your girls, your little girls' school camp men who say they're women at the, your little girls' camp. Oh, like, my goodness. They just paint little, everybody's little prejudices, everybody's little, little button little things. Little fears and things. They really play on them and, and, and build them up. Hmm. And it works on some suckers. It does. So, same with Climate Palmer's United Australia Party. He's got his thing. There's a housing crisis. None of the parties want to do anything about it because what it actually needs is things that suppress house price increases, things like getting rid of negative gearing on investment properties and taxing capital gains at a reasonable level on investment mm-hmm. properties. Take out people's homes but on investment properties. No reason why taxpayers should be subsidising somebody's investment to make it easier for rich people to... Yep. So, so the problem with negative gearing is that it stops things like interest rate rises discouraging rich people because they don't care because they can just negatively gear it. It just stops home buyers and improving renters' rights. Those things would put sort of slow the increases down and then you do the things that will increase wages get rid of public sector wage freezes, restore the social safety net, but what, uh, restore but industrial rights. No, 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 no. Have, way, a magic wand. have a magic wand is what would increase no. wages. Very specific things that could be done. No, 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 it's have a magic wand. Anyway, instead of that, Clive's right-wing party is like, no, no, we'll cap interest rates at 3%. Oh. We literally can't do, oh. you have to change the constitution. It is impossible to do. That It's just like this half a... But you know where Labour turns around to the Greens is like, Oh, their plans to uh, do do what the climate scientists recommend to try and limit uh, emissions so that we don't have a completely devastating climate change. Uh, that's unrealistic. They're not costed. How do they do it? You never see the Liberals turn around to Clive Palmer and say, Clive's plan is idiotic and uncosted. Like, but that, you couldn't literally do it. But He's that just making ties he back into out. that ties back into the thing from earlier where they never want to say the far right, that's right. is 
out there and saying wild, baseless things, because as soon as they do that, they'll say, but what about you? Or what? It's actually to the right's benefit for there to be lots of flavours of right out there. And they recognise that, and they're not dumb enough to attack each other Mm. on it. Whereas Labour is like, no, 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 it's fine. The left are shit. Yeah. That's right. Lefties, you should vote for us, but you're shit. We're just saying you're shit. We're not doing anything for you because you're shit, but we're still not quite as bad as the other side. So you should vote for us even when we keep telling you you're shit. And we don't understand why you haven't been loyal to us for all these years while we've been telling you how shit you are and moving progressively more to the right. Why can't you just vote for us, let us represent you in Parliament, by which we mean constantly telling everyone how stupid and dumb your preferences are? Yes. And constantly going against the things that you actually stand for by saying that we'll do things like beat up refugees. Yeah. So, do you think... So, obviously... this is election is really up in the air. The thing I saw today was that the, the, even those I think like seventy percent of the betting money is in favour of Labor. Fifty five percent, only fifty five percent of the actual bets are in favour of Labor. People are putting more money on Labor because it's supposedly a safer bet, but more people think it's a greater number. It's like they're slightly ahead in the betting in terms of numbers, but not much. And there's a huge margin of error. Nobody really under, Nobody really trusts the polls at this point. And of course, in Australia, because of the single member electorate system. It doesn't really matter what the overall percentage is over the nation. It's really seat by seat. and Nobody has any idea about seat, seat polling is terrible. It's really wild and up in the air. And so for the people who are supposedly disengaged at this point, do you think from the campaign so far that the media are clearly trying to sell Albo as incompetent, not, knowing, not on top of his brief, no idea what's going on. Um, they're trying to run the... It's the astonishing that you can be running the line. Things are really tough right now. Therefore, you should vote for the party... That has been in government as it got really tough, but are definitely the best people to stop it being so tough, the thing that it currently is. Anyway, that's somehow going there. Actually, everything is really great for you. If you don't believe that, shut up. It's true. We can keep saying it to you until you accept it. Do you think that's working? We're also going to do a few dog whistles like this trans people one, so whenever you actually do question us too closely about things, we'll go, yes, but be afraid of them and vote for us. Yeah, sure, things are a bit tough about right now, but do you want your your little girl to um, have to see a trans person? Anyway, do you think that's working on the kind of weirdos who are somehow in the middle and are swinging voters? I, I mean, the, the it's really, it's, I guess that's one of the biggest things in political discourse. The people who are interested in it and talking about it, trying to understand the people who somehow go swing back and from forth side, each election. Who are these people? How, like, I don't know. I, I don't understand it. So how, how are we? Do we do we think the gaslighting thing's working, or do we just have no idea? I have no idea. I've absolutely no idea how this one's going to come up. Anyway, thank you for coming back to our podcast where we have absolutely no idea about what's going on. <laughs> um, look, it's been a little while. Uh, I think everybody who's got little children might understand why it's been a little bit difficult getting the podcast recorded. It hasn't actually ended. We are going to keep doing it. It's just we're going to do another a, one finding next a routine. Week. Yeah. Well, we'll try to do more during the campaign as well. Yes. So thank you for coming back. Thank you to Robin Gray for the music. Thank you, Alex Lump for the artwork. Thank you to all of our supporters for keeping the podcast going. And thank you for coming back. And we'll see you all very soon. See you soon. Bye.